This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. And I am so excited because I have my two favorite batches in the house. They are two amazing entrepreneurs that are growing a community to help women, especially make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and most importantly, have a lot of fun. And that's not easy today. Elaine Drexler and Kate Ward, uh, co-founder and CEO of Betches and Kate Ward, chief content officer of Betches. Welcome to the playbook. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's, Great to be here. It's so good to have you um, as you both also uh, understand podcasting and uh, understand content and community. And I think, you know, Betches Media and Betches alone, their success and growth is foundationally about building a community and providing value to that community. And I think a lot of people lose sight uh, how important it is, but also how big of an opportunity uh, it is when we can really build a community of like-minded, like-hearted and, and like-handed people with the size, scope and scale of an audience that people my age, I still don't think even can grasp. Uh, for mm -hmm. you in the construct of trying to build a community, what are some of the key characteristics uh, that you both share when you're looking and seeking to build this community? Um, well, when we started out, the company, myself, my two founders, um, 12 years ago, um, we never really set out to make Betches, you know, the biggest possible um, media business ever. We really were setting out to to connect with individuals, um, to make to create content that was really relatable, that resonated, to make people feel like less alone with through the power of comedy, and that never left our mission that never left um that never left what we were doing um and and that's what you see today in all of the content that we do it's really we we speak to our audience the way that they speak to, we all speak to each other and it's it's very personal it's intimate and it's really fun and that's i think the voice and that i think that really resonates with people and that's what inspires that connection Hate. Yeah, it's really about uh, authenticity and, and it's, you know, I, I'm relatively new to Betches, but really happy to be here because it is the rare, you know, women's lifestyle brand and media brand that really does feel authentic. And, you know, people notice that people know when, you know, certain companies are speaking to them in a way that is, uh, you know, trying to be just like them, but isn't actually you know, pulling it off in any way. They know when people are robotic. And I think, you know, even though our company is as old as it is, it's managed to hold on to that. And that that is the most important piece of, of Betches. And that's what's allowed us to get to where we are. And it's something that we are constantly paying attention to in order to get us to that next level in the future. And kind of that no bullshit attitude, being transparent, illuminating and vulnerable and speaking your mind uh, has changed. Uh, over the last 12 years, uh, even over the last six years since I've started in this space and really close friends with Erica Nardini. And we have multiple conversations all the time about the positioning of a company like Barstool that tries to do the same thing, but uh, through corporate relationships and size, scope and scale of growth, it makes it even more difficult to speak their mind. Um, what lessons have you both learned in you know, the idea of being authentic, of truly 
what I call uh, amplifying your essence uh, of who you are, which is edgy and you know very unapologetic about your beliefs and your opinions. What are some of the things you've learned about amplifying your beliefs and your opinions uh, as you've evolved over the last 12 years? Um, I think that you can be authentic without upsetting people. <laughs> so we've um, we've maintained that voice. Um, you know, obviously we shifted with the way in which people speak and the way that the internet communicates. Um, but we very much now uphold that like we can be authentic, we can speak our minds, but being very respectful and an understanding and empathetic to what our audience may or may not be going through at a certain point. So it's it's just, you know, again, like using empathy or like you said, vulnerability um, as a means of communication and understanding that like the people who we have representing the brand um, need to uphold that as well. So podcast hosts, people, creators on our videos um, and just making sure that the people that we have as faces of Betches understand that as well, because it's really important to us as a brand. Yeah. And I think with any media company too, there's a natural evolution that happens. You kind of have to evolve with, with your audience and then we're evolving as people and evolving as a, as a brand and everything. But what's most important is that we do keep this through line throughout the whole thing, which is that, like, as I mentioned, authenticity, and I don't want to say that word to death, but that really, you know, that, that also shifts over time, you know, like authentic experiences are something that we speak to and, you know, our experiences. 10 years ago are very different from our experiences today, whether because of the way that the world has developed or because of the way that we have developed and the way that our audience has developed. So, um, so in terms of approaching that audience, you know, we just want to make sure that we are serving them the way that we always have, but we're also evolving alongside technology and the world and the way we think and the way we've grown. So um, that's really important for any media company. I think that budget does it better than most other companies do, to be honest. And I've, and I've been at a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Me too as well. And the wellness aspect of mindset, heart set, and hand set, as I approach it and trying to allow people to pursue their own potential, um, you guys address very well within your podcast as well, uh, as far as your perspective and understanding to meet, especially women in wellness, of what that means, whether it be, I have three teenage daughters, body image combined with mental health, nutrition, and fitness there's a lot to handle there and uh there's a lot of uh experiences of being able to help people with i think a primary non-negotiable of our life which is the idea of wellness and the holistic approach to all of those different areas um have you seen an advancement as the popularity of wellness uh in a very crowded space of a lot of rhetoric and conversation around wellness have you seen an advancement in awareness to some of the critical business and life issues that you guys have been presenting for years and the psychological and emotional side of well-being itself? Um, could you just clarify your question? I'm just That not... must be on, mean I'm a great <laughs> interview. I've only done 1,400 of these and- uh, I just I wasn't sure where, honest... where we're going. <laughs> yeah, no. So, you know, being a father uh, in looking at in the last 12 years, for example, the advancement of the idea of wellness. And there seems to be a lot of rhetoric and information about wellness and all the different perspectives that are involved. Um, but as far as 
the awareness and impact that you're having in the space of wellness where some people, let's take TikTok, for example, uh, you know, they're promoting what I think a lot of people on TikTok are promoting exactly uh, in, what interferes with wellness, uh, with all that is involved in those things like body image, mental health, nutrition, and fitness uh, by taking snapshots of circum circumstances or overselling back end selling, lying and manipulating and cheating people as well. I see the, I hate to use this, Kate, I'm sorry. I see the authenticity of your company and you guys as truly having an impact on the advancement of the awareness of what wellness truly means. Um, yeah, thank you, by the way. Um, yeah, for sure. I understand what you mean. Um, we, I myself started a podcast within our network of podcasts. We have about 11 or 12 original podcast shows within our network right now. One of them it's called Diet Starts Tomorrow. And I started that with my co-founder, Sammy, maybe five years ago. And it evolved over time, of course. But I think that that was one of the, that, that was our foray into the wellness space because very much before we were talking a lot about pop culture and entertainment, mainly only that. And um, then we started talking about relationships and dating. And then wellness was our next big vertical that we got into in the podcast space. And um, I think, yeah, we had, we, we were speaking from our own experiences and we were being very honest about what we as, you know, recipients of wellness culture on social media um, were feeling and what we were going through. And, you know, you talk about body image and mental health and we were very much experiencing like how that affected us in many ways and like what wellness, quote unquote, wellness is online versus what it actually means in real life. And over time, I think that that podcast has become something of a resource for a lot of people. And I had so many people come to me and say like, wow, like I talk about your show with my therapist, like all of the things that we talk about because what our brand does and has done for a while and continues to do is really talk about issues in a way that is relatable and in a way that most people don't really hear on social media, at least. And you, and, and podcasts is a great, uh, podcasts are a great way or great medium for that because you, it feels like an intimate relationship with hosts as you I'm sure know. And um, wellness is a, is a tricky topic, but we never approach it from a very preachy. We tell people what to do because that's a lot of what you see there. It's not prescriptive. It's very much like, here's my experience and you're not alone. Like I said before. Um, and I think that's what really helps people too, is to like, to understand that there's so much information out there and all, a lot of the time it's conflicting and a lot of the time it's bad for us. <laughs> and <laughs> how do we like cut out that noise and what should what's helpful to really hear. And I think that here for our audience to hear two people, and now we have two amazing hosts who have taken over, who continue that into the future, but to hear two people talk, talk and navigate through that, I think was, and still is uh, a unique way to tackle wellness as a woman and, and for a female audience. Okay. You've really been a content creator magnet yourself and as the chief content creator of so many different successful ventures, um, it gets more and more difficult to choose uh, what platforms to utilize, what content 
that we should be promoting or amplifying. Um, what are some of the criteria that you're looking at today with, you know, I'm looking at your own successes in the past. Uh, you know, I always say there's no substitute for actual experience uh, from all the dummy tax that we paid. So I'm really interested in your keen eye of what you're looking for, uh, number one, from a platform uh, or two, from the content that you're choosing, particularly for that platform. Yeah, I mean, you really have to know a lot about your audience and understand where they are and where they want to be met. And, you know, sometimes your audience could be, you know, let's say all over, obviously our audience is on LinkedIn. They are there, they are trying to make sure that they're getting their next job, but they don't want us to necessarily to meet them there. Like that's not our space for them. Instead, you know, we, we need to figure out like, where do they want to get that form of, you know, entertainment, that form of, you know, people that I feel seen when I'm, when I'm here. And so uh, it really becomes an exercise of examining that audience. And oftentimes, you know, you are themselves, you're, you are that audience yourselves. And that's helped me a lot throughout my entire career that I have been my core audience. So I know where I am and where I want to be and where I want to see my brands. Um, and so that first and foremost is really, you know, the most important thing. Um, you know, the second thing is also just keeping an eye out for emerging trends. Um, you know, there are different platforms that are are launching, you know, on a monthly basis, a daily basis or whatever. And a lot of them can be a lot of noise and they can be a distraction. And sometimes if you try to do everything, uh, you can't do anything really well, right? So it is being really choosy about, you know, is this new emerging piece of technology something that will become relevant? And, you know, you have to trust your, your gut kind of to look around and see what, what other people are doing with it and how you can adapt it for yourself. And I think like a perfect example of that is, you know, a, a platform like TikTok, right? Like it started as Musical.ly, which was primarily something for, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, very, very young teenagers. And it wasn't something that people automatically thought you know, how do we get on this and how do we become a piece of it? But, you know, you can kind of see like how it's starting to adapt and how you can become part of that revolution and uh, and make sure that you're you're grasping onto it because it does actually intersect with a lot of the things that you want to do as a company. So um, so it's really, you know, first and foremost, understanding your audience. Um, secondly, understanding the emerging trends. And then also like really listening to your team too. I think that we have such an amazing work culture here at Betches because we do really empower team members to, share their ideas and, and share their perspectives. And with, with that becomes the ability to recognize when those moments are that you should be tapping into these, you know, certain platforms even more. Um, so that's kind of the way that I've always looked at it throughout my career. And so far it's always paid off. So that's the good thing, but, um, but it's definitely something that's, it's, it's a little more complicated than just kind of, uh, you know, riding the wave and noticing what other people are doing it. You really got to be ahead of it. Awesome. And I just want to touch on one thing as we finish up, um, because there is, I, I come from a hyper academic family myself. And, you know, I would even say that my family's a bunch of school snobs, which always turned me off. Um, and maybe I'm just, I have a chip on my shoulder because I'm the only one of my six siblings that didn't go to the Ivy Leagues. <laughs> but more importantly, I am very pro-education. And I think uh, to go to college is a matter of an investment in yourself. And that requires a timing and risk tolerance type of analysis. And especially today with the expensive nature of going and being educated when there's so many other places like yours that we can get an education that can really propel us into at a very low cost into greater places and better situations. But nonetheless, to not discount the desire to be better and to learn. Um, and so I love both of you are highly educated from great institutions. And I always, 
you know, look at that when I see the successful perspective that you have, that I'm sure uh, your education had some influence on, but yet millions of people listen to you and, and your company. And I'm sure one of those areas, especially for young women is, you know, where or if it's important to be educated in which way, what is your guys' perspective on institutional education today, uh, the value of it, and, and how would you uh, give that type of advice in, in your no bullshit way? <laughs> oh my God, I argue with my parents at dinner about this constantly. This could be a two-hour conversation. <laughs> well, I'm going to record this. Kate, and you take my, this one I'm then. Send it to my mom. I'm going to send it to my mom, so it'll be good. <laughs> my, my parents are actually um, uh, part of a uh, higher institution too, so that's the higher education. So that's my why. mom only knows one thing, doctor, lawyer, or failure. That's all yeah. my, my parents too. <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of an interesting question. You know, the whole, the whole question of, 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 you know, uh, college and the expense of it and everything. And it's a whole big, you know, we could, we could, like I said, we could talk for, for hours about it. Um, you know, I do think that we are kind of getting into a, at least like I can, I can speak to my industry too. You know, we are getting to a time in which that, that is becoming less and less important. And people who are making the decisions are, are making it based on criteria that goes beyond just what your diploma is. And instead they're paying attention to, you know, the things that you were producing on, on your own time, like, you know, your, your, your own personal content that you're producing is, is a, you know, big uh, metric for success in, in our industry period. Um, you know, we're paying attention to what you, you know, submit for edit tests, things like that, that actually really matter um, on the day to day here versus like, you know, being able to say that you took a certain amount of electives your sophomore year and, 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 you know, Egyptian history or whatever, like that is that that is becoming less and less of, of a focus, I think. Um, not to say that, you know, I discount education at all. I, be, I believe that it's a very good thing for people to be able to get if they can get it and they have the privilege to get it. But at the same time, there are other avenues for success. And, you know, as we become more aware of the downsides of, you know, the the, the pressures to, to get an education at expensive institution, you know, we are the ones making the decisions in hiring rooms. Like we are, you know, we are trying to make sure that we are um, as open-minded as possible to be able to bring the right people in the door. Um, but I think that in terms of how that translates into our content versus a kind of the way that we think overall philosophically, you know, uh, I, I think our, our commitment to, uh, you know, cutting through a lot of the bullshit and to, 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 uh, helping our audience understand, you know, that it isn't all about like girl bossing your way to the top, I think does sort of help trickle down to, to everything you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, your, your life and the people around you and how you treat them are the most important things versus any sort of, uh, larger, uh, you know, resume that you could be putting out into the world. So I think ultimately our main goal is to make people feel better about the stresses of their day and their lives. And, you know, if this is one piece of it, you know, that's, that's something that we can do. And Aileen, any, any last comments? I, I agree with everything. <laughs> that's nice. I guess another way. And, uh, all right. One, one last quick question. I'm already over, but I have to ask. Um, you have so many options, opportunities, and touches of favor when you build such a big audience. And you both are very creative and diligent in how you are building your community and your business. Uh, what are you prioritizing for the future? Um, yeah, we are very much prioritizing original content um, in the form of videos for social, um, new podcasts with new voices, subscription content on podcasts, and original written 
content, um, which you'll see we'll be bringing back, we'll be going back to our roots, which is where we started is our .com and bringing um, new content on web. But we're also like we started this conversation really, really focused on community. So um, we, we were just launched a new event series, monthly event series, um, comedy shows by all female comics um, at the stand in New York, in the city, in New York City. Um, we just had our first show. Kate and I just talked about it earlier today. It was amazing. I left like on a, a high. I was so happy to be there. And we're just going to keep doing those every month. We have an, one of our largest podcasts is going on tour this this um, year again, and it's a multi-city tour. The huge theaters sold out. So we really, really like to meet our audience in real life. As fun as it, as it is to do, you know, Zoom calls as we did during COVID times, there's nothing that matches that in real life experience and the community you can cultivate through those through those moments, especially the the things that we we hear a lot of anecdotes about our community about like the friendships people make through through batches through whether it's like I was I was talking about the Diet Star Smart podcast there are, there are WhatsApp groups just of girls who listen to the show they go on trips together there's just amazing amazing moments and things that you hear and. That's that's what really counts for us and for me personally since I started the business and just it's just very um that's a huge purpose for our company is to create those connections and that's something that we're really focusing on through events and you'll see more um this year. Amazing and I <clears throat> agree in both written form as well as the connections that we can make in person on the phone via email and social media. I think we have to really look at mm -hmm. all four of those. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are single or unifocused on what they feel best in or most comfortable in and really admire what both of you are building together. As a father of three daughters, especially, we need more of Betches and more people that really are iconic in being themselves. And I didn't use the word authentic just for you, Kate. <laughs> just being yourself, knowing your essence, your skills, your knowledge, and your desire, Aileen and Kate. What a pleasure it's been having you. Please promise me I'll get to see you someday in person and anything I can do to help you, please let me know, uh, gracing me. As a middle-aged white male, it's such a pleasure for uh, you both to be here and to amplify your message uh, and your kindness to your community. Thanks for joining me. This is David Meltzer here with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I just wanted to say, I didn't want to interrupt you in the beginning, yeah. but um, my name is pronounced Aileen, like Aileen. Okay, I think I wrote, did I say, did I say I that at the end?